With the recent bank turmoil, I couldn't help but recall the 2008 financial crisis. Plenty of people are making similar comparisons, and my day job pays me to spill ink on this sort of thing, so I'm not planning to relay any market observations here. What I am going to relay is a story about a Bear Stearns sales trader. Let's call him Jackie. I met Jackie at a military fundraiser, and within two minutes, he was pitching me on an investment he claimed was triple tax-free. No city, no state, no federal. Sounds too good to be true. Sounded so good to him, he had to say it three times. Triple tax-free. It's triple tax-free. Yeah, but it's triple tax-free. My official bear coverage was right there in front of Jackie, but it didn't surprise her that someone was trying to bag her client. Every broker with any brains was working covertly and constantly to grab as much as they could back then. I chatted with Jackie for a while over a beer, didn't think much of it, but the next day the phone rings and it's him. Jackie tells me I need a bond salesman. He's aware of my reputation, but he's willing to put up with enough of my nonsense to take the role. I'm impressed with the enthusiasm, but retort that I mostly trade equities. If I need to do something in rates, why wouldn't I just ask my stock guy to do it? Jackie tells me my equity coverage can't be trusted in bonds because he owns a BMW and a Mercedes, two Nazi cars. Sales coverage like that will never run a red for me because his cars always Gestapo. First sign of problems, he'll be looking for a Belgian escape clause. This is all fairly entertaining, so I say, sure, you can cover me. When I call it to clear with my equity sales coverage, she laughs and says Jackie doesn't know what he's in for. Suggests the three of us go out for dinner. I say, great. Hit Jackie back and tell him to make a reservation at a restaurant called Budokan. Back then, I'm sort of a poor man's master of the universe. An upper-middle-class Wall Street guy. Famous in certain circles, but only vicariously. To some extent, people were friends with my seat rather than me. But that was fine. I had a life outside of finance, and besides, I was friends with their seats too. In any case, the word gets out that I'm in the market for rates coverage, and the other bond guys start angling for an invite. The first bond salesman calls up, from Lehman, if I recall correctly, and I say, sure, come join us. At first, Jackie had no problem changing a three-person reservation to four, but then a fifth angles for an invite, and a sixth, and a seventh. It's a bit of water torture for Jackie, with marching orders from a client to call Budokan each time and amend the reservation. A side note here, before Budokan came along, it was hard to imagine a restaurant quite so monstrously vast or weirdly entertaining in New York. They had literally turned a former Nabisco cookie factory into a giant faux Mandarin mansion. This was before Las Vegas came to the meatpacking district. Getting a reservation at a new spot like this on a Thursday was difficult, let alone expanding it last minute. Now my last dinner with bond salesmen was years beforehand. A fiasco I outlined in our second episode, 10-5-W. There was something to offend everyone that night, and I hope to outdo myself this evening, too. I start off at the bar with my equity sales trader, a safe pair of hands who I remember fondly to this day. I'm wearing my Thursday uniform, shorts, a t-shirt, and perhaps even flip-flops. Jackie, the bond salesman, walks in wearing his best pinstripe suit and a Stefano Ricci diamond and crystal-plated tie. He takes one look at me and realizes this night is not going to go as planned. That said, he's the sort of person who believes reality is up for negotiation, that it's whatever he says it is. Even that being the case, within minutes he realizes the gulf between us is clearly going to be too wide. 
He looks to his Bear Stearns colleague for support, but there's no help there. I'm a better friend than client to Susan, and that's all that mattered to her. Bottom line, I'm dressed like shit and Jackie doesn't like me. He realizes I'm never going to do business with him, that his time is being wasted, that he ventured the Budokan owner a favor for nothing gained. Our meeting quickly becomes noticeably uncomfortable. Even I think I may have overplayed my hand this time. But there's no situation that can't be made worse. And soon other bond salesmen join us. A school of sharks with nothing to feed on, destined to turn on each other. I recall my last bond trader dinner and how it quickly degenerated into an amateurish shambles. I was straight back then and feel like I need to shift gears this time around. So I do what I always do in surreal situations. When I wonder how the hell I stumbled into the most famous hedge fund in the world, I go outside to smoke weed. Let's pause here and I'll let you in on a little New York City life hack. If you're at a social event and feeling uneasy, go walk outside and watch the homeless for a bit. Interact with them in some small way. Personally, I take some small bills and pass them out. Watch how grateful they are, not just for the money, but for the brief moment of human recognition. A sign that they're not invisible to the community, even for just one second. Then go back inside, and as you're walking back to the relative warmth of your select social circle, repeat the following. No matter who you are, no matter what you do, no matter who your audience is, 30% will love it, 30% will hate it, and 30% won't care. Stick with the people who love you and don't spend a single second on the rest. Life will be better that way. As I wander around outside Budokan, I draw deeply on my joint. Even while straight, I am always intrigued by marijuana smoke as it swirls around me. But then I inhale again, and I feel the power of the drug radiate from my lungs, unwinding and loosening me. Another drag, and it's like having my mind shaken out like a duvet, so that it resettles without creases, so that everything becomes smooth and simple and easy and good. I drop a $5 note in front of the nearest homeless guy. Nice, he mutters. Nice, I echo, smiling at the sound of my own voice. And then I wander back into the turmoil of Budokan, into the hypnotic money, glitz, and glamour, into the social upheaval of the New York elite, clawing and fighting amongst themselves within a gargantuan labyrinth that Kublai would have found appetizing. Dressed like a bum, but master of myself. <laughs>